you think they're going to unban agent of treachery in standard? I don't understand why in the world they would do that. Because Wizards of the Coast is staffed by Magic players, and Magic players can't make good decisions. That's true. People were saying <laughs> that it steals Ugin, and so it needs to be unbanned to keep Ugin in check. And I was like, you know what decks are going to play that, right? <laughs> the decks that are playing for Ugin. I, I have to say, I can't say that I would play standard if this happens, but if Agent of Treachery gets unbanned to fight the Ugin Menace, I might have to get involved in standard just so I can say I was a part of that shit show. <laughs> right. Just play some mono red for a minute. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, man, why don't, we, why don't we get started on this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Today's question. Where should powerful reprints go? What makes a card safe to reprint into a standard set? You know, we're, we're seeing some Buckwild reprints these days. Uh, M21, the latest set, we're getting Ugin the Spirit Dragon, uh, Azusa, Lost But Seeking, and then something that uh, I didn't see coming, Grim Tutor. But my question is, what, what, what is a powerful reprint? Uh, Frederick, what do, what, do you think, what, what do you consider to be a powerful reprint? Um, so I think it falls into two categories. When you're, when you're printing it for a product like a master set or a commander deck where it's not changing the legality of any cards, you don't have to worry about the power level of a reprint. But when I, So when I say powerful reprints, I would say powerful for the standard environment that they're in. So, like in this case, I would definitely need Ugin. And what's interesting about Grim Tutor, like I think Grim Tutor is such a fascinating case because it is, like, objectively a powerful card. Like, searching through your deck and putting a card in your hand is really good in a lot of formats. But standard just isn't a format where you're willing to pay three mana and three life to do that. Really, the standard right now isn't a format where you want to do that. Drawing cards is so easy in the standard format. So this was the perfect time for them to reprint that card that was sitting at $200. Now, there's, like, a difference between that and Ugin, which I think it was absolutely not the right time to reprint. Ramping is easier than it's ever been in Standard. And so an eight-mana card that virtually wins you the game is this was just not the right time to print it. Maybe during Kaladesh, when the top decks were vehicles and you needed to give people an incentive to play, like, the two-drop mana dorks, that would have been a good time. Because he wasn't even, he wasn't even that good when he was last time he was printed into standard. So I just think it's really interesting and we should have a discussion about the difference between when it's safe to reprint something so that players who need it for other formats can get it for the value or so that it can be a healthy part of standard and when it's not safe to reprint something. It really, thinking about what you're saying, it really seems like it's not the card in question, but it really is the format that's going into, right? Uh, you, you mentioned that Ugin would make a lot more sense to be re reprinted in Kaladesh standard. Um, so if that's true, then like there's nothing intrinsically about Ugin uh, that would make him intrinsically unsafe. I think we can both agree that an eight mana Planeswalker should win you the game if you're able to play it, right? To an extent. Um, I think it should, it should cause a big swing. Your opponent shouldn't just never be able to come back from it for eight mana. It should do a lot. Sure. I, it, it should probably do about as much as Ugin should do. I just I don't think eight mana should be as easy to get to as it is right now. Right, right, right. Now, when you say powerful reprints, are you talking about are you talking about financial value? Um, because I think we could both agree Azusa um, is what people would consider a safe reprint right now because it's it's not it's not that powerful an effect for standard. Uh, as far as I know, it's not really seeing any play in standard. Uh, 
but you know it's a good reprint in terms of uh, financial value. Um, I'm certainly happy to see it in M21. So uh, based on price level alone, would you consider Azusa to be a powerful reprint? Yeah, when I say powerful, I'm not talking about price. I do think that Azusa was a very good reprint here. Same with Grim Tutor. I don't think there's a standard. There's really a standard format. You, you'd be hard pressed to find a standard format where it would be unsafe to print Azusa. She's just not really a standard card. Grim Tutor, I think there have absolutely been standard formats, even ones kind of recently where it would be unsafe to have printed that. Now we'll see what happens with Zendikar Rising. I um, feel pretty confident that uh, Landfall is coming back. Um, I agree. I think it's so weird that we have so many cards that do what Azusa does better in 99% of cases, but you still want to use Azusa in the modern combat decks that she's necessary for. Modern combo decks that she's necessary for. Sure, sure. I'm to be honest, uh, I don't see a problem with Ugin being reprinted in M21. Uh, you know, like I said before, an eight mana planeswalker should win you the game. Uh, and the the problem Ugin is seeing, uh, you know, seeing a lot playing standard right now. He is the new hotness. We'll see if that continues down the road. But I, I'll, I'll say Ugin will probably be a main player uh, in standard uh, for as long as he's in there, as long as the ramp that surrounds him stays at this current level. Yeah. So him being safe, I, I think that him intrinsically being safe to print is is true. The the problem is the card surrounding him. Um, I really think, and, and, you know, I'm sure we agree with this. The ramp that Wizards has created around Ugin uh, is not is what's making it unsafe. Basically, basically, Wizards should never have made a growth spiral and uh, you know War Nessa. And once those leave the standard environment, I don't think there'll be a problem with Ugin at all. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you there. There's a lot to be said for the context in which a card is going to be printed. And maybe Ugin is a litmus test for whether a format you've designed is, whether, whether your format has ramp that's too strong. And in the same way that, like, if combo decks are doing really well, then your format's probably a little too slow. Or if... Um, if Baneslayer is really good, then your removal is probably too weak. What do you think is the most egregious example of printing a card that was way too powerful for the format it was uh, created for? If we're just talking about printing, not reprinting, then Oko for as long as I've played Standard, or maybe um, maybe uh, Aetherworks Marvel. Like back then, that was really awful to play with, to play against. Yeah, Oka was just a complete mistake, right? Like they just, yeah, they just like uh, went into some sort of fugue state for a couple of months and didn't realize what they were creating. Well, here's what I think. I'm a little more cynical, maybe. I think Hasbro wanted to make money, and so they told them to put a Hasbro pushed um, pushed Oko into like not being killed by Fry. You know, whatever all the other memes about how strong it is. I think Hasbro put it there because they wanted to sell packs of Eldrain. I think that's defensible if you want to take that uh, position. Uh, for me, Arkham's Astrolabe. Uh, you know, <laughs> such an innocuous looking card, right? But that card just completely wrecked everything. Yeah. I do think the Arkham's Astrolabe might be banned in, uh, in some format or the other um, during the next ban restricted uh, announcement, which is happening this Monday. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, we've got to consider, you know, what might be 
unbanned, you know, we might get an unbanned in modern. I'm, I'm always excited for that. I, I, I agree with you that usually it's more about the context that a card is printed in than it is about the card itself. But I definitely think it was irresponsible to print Ugin with all of the good ramp that is the case right now. Maybe we need to go back to printing three mana land destruction. Dude, dude, um, let me be the first to tell you, you stone rain my land, I'm going to stone rain your life. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, t- I totally understand. Uh, it, maybe instead of making a stone rain, they should just not print the growth spiral. <laughs> maybe look at that and be like, huh, maybe this should be a sorcery, or huh, maybe this shouldn't draw you a card, or something like that. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't want to blame growth spiral itself. I think we, we ought to look at just the critical mass of good ramp cards. You know, growth spiral and uh, wilderness reclamation came in the same block. And then Uru came like in the next block. And it just feels like maybe, and and then there's like a really good one mana mana dork in Gilded Goose. Um, Like at the same time, like literally all of the good ramp is kind of available at the same time. They just gave us cultivate in M21. I don't know if that's seen play in those decks, but it certainly like make sure it ramps you and make sure that you have the land in your hand to play off of Uro or Growth Spiral. Like it's the critical mass. Like any one of those cards would probably be fine. Yeah. So to go back to our original question, where should or uh, what makes a card safe to reprint in a standard set? It really just seems uh, to come down to whenever Wizards creates a decent format that you know, that won't break it, right? Right. Aside from like edge cases, like they probably obviously shouldn't put Skull Clamp into a standard format. They shouldn't put Oko in a standard format. Right. Oh, I I just mean like reprints, but yeah, yeah, like. I think a lot of it just comes down to context, like what format it's being printed in. Because I know, I know there are formats where Grim Tutor would have been busted, but it's a really safe print right now. And then, like I remember, there was a really convincing fake Tarmogoyf leak, either last core set or the core set before, and I believed it because I was just like, "Oh, well, graveyards aren't that strong, and two mana three four is not alien to s- recent standard formats, like a two mana four five even." So I, I, I believed it. Right. 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 So for powerful reprints, um, are core sets the place you want to see those? Uh, you know, because those do go straight into standard. Um, let's say, uh, kind of picking a powerful reprint here. Let's say the dual lands. For some reason, Wizards decides to make a good, uh, good decision and reprint just original dual lands. Uh, where should those go? Not a core set, right? <laughs> uh, well, you're right. I wouldn't want them in standard. I would want them somewhere else. I think. Like, core sets are, the, if you want to reprint something into standard, and it has lore connotations in the way that, like, Ugin does. Like, you can't justify putting Ugin in any set flavor-wise. So core sets are really helpful for that. Like, Asuza like, is native to Kamigawa. So if we want to reprint her, it either has to be in a core set, or we have to go back to Kamigawa, and that's very unlikely. So, like, if that's what you mean, then I think it, it, it a core set's the ideal place for standard reprints that have lore connotations but otherwise like there's no real reason that has to be the case right like we can just say you know we don't want to have to worry about that and just put anything anywhere right oh i disagree i like my sets to be self-contained i like them not to use art that's depicting another plane in a set for a specific plane okay okay if wizards were going to reprint the dual lands uh where would you want like something being made this year where would you want them to go uh jumpstart um would be a good place for the dual lands it would add some value to jumpstart 
but not in a way that like interlopes on what players, what casual players might want. Uh, they could put them in double masters. Yeah, double masters, jump start. I think are both good options. I'm trying to think of what else is coming out this year. There's like a flurry of products. Maybe whatever dumb commander draft set they're doing. I forget what the name was. I'm not excited about it. But yeah, I think Jumpstart would be an ideal place to slip dual lands in if they wanted to reprint them. Absolutely. I think that we should be looking for powerful reprints from planes that we revisit, especially. Like it was really good of them to learn from their mistakes with the old Zendikar block and put the Shocklands into the return to Ravnica or return to return to Ravnica block when they were probably debating not doing that or making them some premium product that comes alongside it. And I mean, I think they could be like pulling a sneaky on us and I'm holding out hope that maybe fetch lands will be in Zendikar rising. But if not that, like at least give us like, they'll, they'll probably give us like stippling, just some like limited format all stars that we've sort of, and like standard playable cards that we sort of, that people sort of have some nostalgia for like that kind of thing should, should pretty much always be there when you revisit a plane. And like, I, I don't know, like maybe they'll give us the ally man lands back. Like maybe we'll, like I would love celestial colonnade to be a little bit cheaper. So like, that's the kind of thing that they should really be putting into these plane revisiting sets because revisiting a plane doesn't mean a lot without the cards that made that plane it. I, I've been around for a couple of uh, return sets, and uh, I always see the discourse, and it's a lot of people just basically wanting a reprint of the entire set. I, I could see Step Links coming back to Zendikar Rising, uh, and it probably wouldn't even be that bad a thing, but like, I want new cards. I want to see Zendikar now, um, as opposed to um, you know the Zendikar of 2009. I don't want to see that many reprints from the original Zendikar. Uh, I, I, I want new stuff. I want iterations on what we already know and love, not the same old cards. I could go to Popper if I want to play Steppelings. Okay. Um, I'm not advocating for a lot of reprints. I want them when they go back to a plane to keep its sense of identity. And I think especially the dual lands are a good place to do that because like, no one was excited about the battle for Zendikar lands, at least that I know of. Like, or at least once we figured out that they weren't going to be playable in modern or weren't going to be good enough to be played in modern. I, I, I agree. I agree with you. But then we get into Wizards has a vested interest in making sure there are new, there are new dual lands for uh, upcoming standard formats. Uh, I, I, think, I, I think you're right, but Wizards just isn't going to do that because it's not in their best interest to do so. Right. That's fair. I think one of the big things I would say is like, I do want a few reprints. I do think it's cool that like, we get we we would get step links. We would get you know um, maybe Oracle of Moldiah, whatever in Return to Zendikar. But I don't think more than like ten cards in the set need to be just like cool reprints that people are excited about. What I do want is for the plane not to basically be a different plane, and that was a big issue they got into with Oath of the Gatewatch, where like the Eldrazi like had taken over, and it they, there was like this new mechanic that everyone hated, and like. It was just kind of, it wasn't the same at all. Like they brought back one of the old mechanics, but like so much of the plane had changed that people who wanted to return to Zendikar, just there just wasn't a lot of Zendikar there to return to. And so they they really fixed that mistake with, and I think, or the Guilds of Ravnica block. And I, I feel like if they, if they want to continue on that tradition, a big part of that is reprints. Like the fact that we got the Shocklands in Guilds of Ravnica block, I would have advocated for us maybe getting Birds of Paradise, Lightning Helix, Dark Confidant. I was holding out for a Dark Confidant reprint. I think that I thought that would have been really fun, uh, and we just didn't get it. Like those are the kinds of things 
like I'm not saying the whole set, but two or three cards that people really know from that plane should probably come back. Yeah, yeah, that would that would that would be good. I think ten re- reprints per uh, or about ten reprints uh, would uh, get people who are really excited about the plane back and wanting to play. Right. Uh, as far as route, powerful reprints where they should go, I, I really do think they should go in standard. We have to. We have to be able to trust Wizards of the Coast to uh, craft uh, meaningful and exciting and uh, balanced formats for us to play in. Like I, I want to see a Nugan reprint in standard. I, I think that's, I think that's really great. Um, but the, uh, like we mentioned before, the problem is the format that he's being uh, printed into. Basically, I, I, I think where powerful reprint should go should be standard but wizards also needs to make a standard that doesn't have growth spiral as a card that exists uh, so a standard that can accept those powerful reprints with open arms y- yes cr- create a standard that can have powerful cards but doesn't create a overpowered format if that makes sense can we agree on this that wizards of the coast should try to design a format where it's safe to reprint dark confidant and then reprint dark confidant yeah, I think I think that would that would be good. Um, I, I that's the reason to ask for. Yes, we can we can ask for that. Um, I'm I'm not a uh, format designer. I don't think I'd do a good job of um, uh, being able to craft that environment. But there are a lot of smart people at Wizards of the Coast. A lot of you know top players and people that have been thinking about the game for many many years. They should be able to do it. Yeah, they should be expected to. Like it's their job. And I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't want you as a format designer either. Red deck wins is strong enough as it is. I do have to say, I hate I hate to admit that Embercleave might be a mistake, but I just love the card so much. It feels so good to play. All right. When people are talking about unironically playing nine lives in the sideboard to deal with a card, that card might be broken. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, well, I think I think that's uh, I think that's all we got for this one. Yeah. All right, thanks so much for listening to Gutshot, home of the absolute spiciest MTG hot takes. I'm Will, at Aggressive Rhetoric. And I'm Frederick, at WarCrimesUwu on Twitch. I first picked Rada, so naturally I put 30 lands in my draft deck, and it didn't work out, so that's all the time we have for today. (laughs) Join us later for more Gutshot.